0: between Torah uh, and if our halachic understanding is correct, how one is pure perception and one must have comprehension. And if this is the case we uh, we spoke about if this is the case we spoke about the um Igra Piker Rahita. And uh, what that meant, and it's a beautiful thought, is that when you talk about a public lecture, thousands of people coming and only hundreds of people understanding, the majority of the people are rewarded for the Kovach HaTera, not for learning Torah. Because in Torah Shabal Per, Torah Shubal-Pay, you can't have a Kiyom unless you understand. And we made the point that the uh, Baruch HaLasok, Divrei Torah, implies that Torah Shabal it's a lot more... Than, than, just, than just perception. There must be comprehension. There must be la soc. It must be all-inclusive. It must be embers that flame the human personality. And if this is the case, and then this is Toro Shabalpah. And uh, I, I say time and again, and I think this is axiomatic, uh, the debate can be anglist, orthodox, conservative, reform. The real difference is is in Gedola Yisrael, Rabbanim, tradition, continuity, responsibility to the past, and this is what governs an Adam Gadol in the Torah world. And beyond the Torah world, you can have people who are Lamdanim, people who are semi-Lamdanim, people who are scientific scholars, but the attitude of responsibility, the whole, it's a consuming feeling, La Sokba Torah, that's lacking. Uh, La havdil. If you read the uh, interview with uh, Yaakov Weinrat in Friday's, uh, the famous lawyer in Friday's uh, uh, Yedioth, and it's an important, important interview. I'll deal with it in my public talk for the OU in, uh, in, May, in March 17th when I deal with Torah and democracy. But Yaakov Weinrat, who is a Panovich graduate, describes Aram Barak, the head of the Supreme Court. He describes him as being a uh, as being a uh, miniature rapshach in his field, lahavdil. In other words, he cannot pay him a bigger compliment than when it comes to learning and being consumed with what he's involved with, he describes him as a, as a miniature rapshach. But he says, he adds on a postscript, that his attitude towards Torah is like a muscle of the 19th century. And a muscle of the 19th century he had the attitude that Torah belonged to the past. That we're, uh, we're we're a dinosaur, and he says that's its attitude. But his knowledge of law, his commitment to the legal profession, he describes him. Mamish, I was thinking of the Shia, like we say, la soap with Torah. So Yaakov Reinrot who himself, of course, is a Panovich graduate, and uh, he's an amazing individual, and I, don't go and I don't want to deal with it anymore today, but I will, I will deal with it in public on March 17th, because it's a very fascinating interview. Brilliant. Did you read? Did you read? It's, it's, it's absolutely worth reading, and I challenge you to see, and I challenge tamun. to tamun, and this is Yaakov Weinrut It reads, 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 and suddenly a guy like myself had heart failure. But anyway... Uh, but his description of Aram Barak is amazing, and he knows him well. I don't know, I know him Barak from the distance, but he knows him well. And he says he's like a miniature of Shakhtar, that, that Mamish, if I would use those, He's totally mishpat, totally devoted, totally learned. But from our point of view, of course, he knows nothing and doesn't even understand what Yiddishkeit is all about. Now, if this is the case, so it means that there's more Kedusha, to the individual studying Torah about In other words, the, and this is the Beit Halevi. I referred to it yesterday. Uh, I referred to it again. This is the Beit Halevi that the individual, when you write a Sifrei Torah, Shas is now writing free Sifrei Torah. All right, the kedusha is in the cloth. but the greatest kedusha is the human being when he studies Torah Shavar And this is the Beit HaLevi with Tash kedusha Tash Mitzvah. It's an altar but it's, it's a long-standing concept of the Beit HaLevi. It's a famous introduction. And the Rav elaborated upon it. And that's the halacha that al uh, when you're present, when someone dies, you have to have Kriya. It's like a Sefer Torah falling. When a sefer Torah falls, al pidin. There's also a din of kriya and Tainit and aveilut. When a person dies, even more so, because every human being is a living sefer Torah. One more, one less. And this, of course, is why why tshuva is possible. And uh, you know the, the way the Rub says it. Of course, he's coming at it with uh, with, with with the liturgical learning. But at this point, if you're familiar with how there's not any difference between the Rav attitude and Chassidut. What's Chassidut all about, particularly Chabad, the klipot, that every human being has a klipot. It's a little hard to translate into English, but it would mean obstructions that cover up the basic Jewish neshama. But if you can scrub away the klipot, you'll get to the Jewish neshama. And that's exactly what the Rav is saying, that since every human being has Kadusha, as much as he sins, something remains of that kedusha. And this is why tshuva is possible. And this is why the Mishnah, we spoke about the Lesh Mishnah in Yomah last week, because in order to achieve tshuva, kapara, you need tahara. What does tahara mean? That God gives you the ability to respark the Kedusha. And that's a beautiful thought, and it, it compares with the Hasidic thought. Um, that's Chabad, the klipat, if you're familiar with Chabad. That's Chabad, the outreach. That's Chabad standing on the street corners with Lulav and Etrog, with Tefillin. To my Litvish mind, it's very difficult to comprehend that. But uh, from a Chabad point of view, the Jew has Kedusha, spark him. Now, the truth of the matter is that all of Hasidut was like that originally. Uh, when you talk about this, is an important point to remember because a lot of people superficially make the mistake and they say Chabad outreach. Hasidus began... The whole movement was a movement of outreach. This was the whole idea behind Hasidus. The whole idea they conquered all of Poland. Then they wanted to come out of Poland and conquer White Russia and Lithuania. That's where the Vlnagong stood firm. They will not cross his borders. And the Gong fought them tooth and nail. But Hasidus, to begin with, was an outreach movement. It wanted to, Hasidus, the original goal of Hasidus, and of course the goal of Chabad was to affect every single Jew. But what happens simply as we go into the 21st century is that there's a certain reality today. Today, Hasidus has to stand God against the Western world. They have to refurbish themselves, which they have. They have to respond to themselves, which they have. Under such conditions, reaching out is a very secondary goal. Only Chabad, or Breslav to a certain degree, Chabad more so, but Bells or Ger, you're not going to see any reaching out. Uh, obviously, their attitude is, call they'll be happy to welcome you, but they're holding on to their own, they're recharging their own. Of course, this is now 55 years after the end of the Holocaust. Uh, they have done miracles. What will be in the 21st century, only a fool would predict. Uh, it could very well be, that as Chabad uh, becomes uh, less dominant due to the fact that they don't have a Rebbe, you can see uh, gear and Bells and, and Bavov and, and who knows what can happen here as they have self-confidence and as they have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, ultimately you're going to have a million Hasidim in the world. That, uh, that my litvish mind has trouble comprehending it, that's my problem. But the facts have to remain the facts and th- this is what's happening. And this is the Rev, I've said this before, I say it again. The Rev could never comprehend this, you understand? To the Rev's way of thinking, any attempt to recreate the shtetl in America was doomed to failure. And take a look, shtetl mentality. Yaakov tells me in Toronto, they're opening up a base Yaakov, opened up a base Yaakov now, a high school, where no girl can get enough credit to go on to college. In other words, built into the curriculum is a built-in impediment, a block, like a computer, you have a block, uh, or or, or now in the new Xerox machine, I have to put my code in in order to use it. you understand? In the old days, every Xerox machine, you went over, you turned it on, you used it. This Xerox machine, you have to put your code in. All right, I understand. They want to keep track of who's doing what, what's happening, fine. But but could you imagine a built-in block into the high school curriculum that the girl will never be able to go to college. Now, I have to tell you, the rough, if, if I would have asked Rebbe 50 years ago, 40 years ago, I said, Rebbe, they're going to do this. He would say, What well, are you crazy? God, do you think this is Europe? Even in Khaslavij we thought we dreamt of going to college. You understand? The Rub's concept was open. He never could conceive. What do we need the shtetl for? Who wants the shtetl? Why glorify the shtetl? You understand? The shtetl was poverty and heartache and persecution. Uh, uh, you understand? But it's an amazing concept. And and who knows, if, if 50 years from now, you'll find gear on every street corner, bells on every street corner, they'll already have the self-confidence of having refurbished themselves, they'll go back to the original concept of Hasidus. But Chabad represents the original concept. That's absolutely so. And on that level, with the Kedusha V'tara, it's a lundish way, what we said last week, the Beit HaLevi, the Tashmish Mitzvah, the Tatzmish Kedusha, it's a lumbish way of saying... The exact Hasidic concept of the klipot, the human being, rub away the outside veneer, and the pintas pintaliyid. You can spark what's inside the Jew. It's an amazing thing. You see, ultimately, Hasidic and the literature world, they, 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 there's a confluence here. You can't help it. Ultimately, I've shown it many times that Gedolay, Gedolay is real no matter what their vantage point was, but ultimately, our thinking is basically exactly the same. Then uh, we took the Gemara 100, 101 times. I need not tell you that uh, that's, that's uh, I, I mean, when I heard that thought from the Rav. It was overwhelming to me uh, 50 years ago. It's overwhelming to me today. I'm going to use it next Monday, Be'ezrat Hashem, if I have time. But um, what it means is simply that when a person is so consumed with Torah Shabal Pe, he can't put the Sefer down. He can't put the Sefer down. And and that's the Reb's description of Reb Chaim, of Reb Moshe, of Gedoli Yisrael. They talk about Reb David Pavlovsky, who just was nifter at the age of ninety-four. I see from his age that he had to be a contemporary of Reb David Lipschitz in Mir Yeshiva, because had Reb David lived, Reb David today has to be about the ninety-three. I mean, Reb David was a few years younger than the Rav. so the Rav died uh, in nineteen o three. The Rav died at the age of ninety. Today already, we're uh, five, six six years later. So if Rabdabad were alive, he would have to be today uh, 93. No, exactly, there's Rabdabad Pavopsky, you know, the Suvalka Rub. You remember Rabdabad Lipschitz? Do you fellas to remember him? I mean, it's uh, uh, your, your generation, I'm talking about these fellas here, you, it's a problem because uh, when, when the rubs still functioned, they were in the diapers. You understand? To them, all they know about the Rav is what the Rebbeim tell them, and each Rebbe tells them something else. So that Avi is so confused. If you ask him, who is the Rav? He'll give 50 different descriptions, and i will say, "This Rav, Ram. Well, That's the joy of life. He'll be straightened out, but it'll be a thousand years from now. It will straighten out, but it'll be a thousand years from now. The real Rav will rise, ultimately, but it'll be a thousand years. Right now, Avi's going to walk around saying, this one said this, this one said that, Rakeford is crazy, this Rebbe is crazy, this one is right, that one is right. Because anyone can sell him a bill of goods. It's the Brooklyn Bridge Them, He doesn't. He, he didn't know the Rav. So, all right, you sell him the Brooklyn Bridge. I give it to him for a chatsi shekel, Rav Heshel Shekhtar charges him a shekel, Avapran Beagle a shekel and a half. Say We'll see what happens. When my books appear, Be'ezrat Hashem, either my name is in golden letters or a chliktif in dread. And all I can tell you is, I am willing to suffer either consequence, but kavod. Now. And, uh, that, and, and that's the yach, and, and again, that's the Talmud-Rebbe relationship. And I, I cannot say, you know, certain things happen to you in life, certain moments that you can never forget. And that moment with the Rabbi Raid, Raiden, who was a conservative rabbi and who was a, such a chassid of the Rav, that moment will live on as long as I live, and I hope my students will perpetuate even further. When he said to me, he said to us, you want to know the difference between the Rav, I studied with the Rav, I studied with Professor Lieberman, and he hit the nail on the head. The Rav Talmudim never left him alone. It's true. The Rav, you never saw him alone. He was walking through the halls, five Talmudim were surrounding him. I, I told you, I remember walking with him, I, I was in his Talmud yet, but he was walking to the subway in 1956, the A train, and I was already about to become his Talmud. And we were walking with the rub, and we were talking about Stevenson versus Eisenhower. And his analysis of Stevenson and the American people, I mean the insight he gave me that, I have to tell you, I cried today. Because 70% of America backs up that maneuver Clinton and that maneuver Hillary, who stands by that maneuver, which is a bigger disgrace, already polls show up, she'll run for senator of New York, she'll defeat Giuliani in a landslide. Understand? It's it's mind-boggling. You don't even understand what's happening here. You don't understand how this influences you. If, if Clinton can act like that, then we have to thank God that on the west side, single girls are going to mikveh. understand? They're destroying Yiddishkeit, destroying Jewish life, destroying everything, but imagine they're going to mikveh. Monica Levinsky didn't go to mikveh, you understand? All right, Clinton's a guy goma, but he's not yet a shamelech. We have to know what we're dealing with here. And, and the Rav's analysis, I can still remember the Rav saying, Stevenson is, is an intellectual. Stevenson is brilliant. Stevenson's a pleasure to listen to, and, but he'll never be elected. He says the American people, the average person, he says, can't comprehend Stevenson. Eisenhower never read a book in his life. But he's a general, a warlord. You know, these are the rub's words. And we are walking, you know, to the subway with him. And I was a kid, and I was listening. And today, fifty years later, I understand. Wow, wow, did he have insight? What a genius! What a man! All right, and this and this is true. And 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 this and this is why Torah learning, the shemesh Kha chachamim, becomes so critical. And this was Karach's mistake. And that's where we finished off last week. It's also one of my favorite. How uh, many times I heard the Rav dashen that, How many times we dashen did it? On our own but uh, uh, it's unbelievable Korach was common sense and Torah Moshe Rabbeinu years of study Korech didn't have patience didn't have time didn't want to but you ca- Torah is not common sense this is axiomatic and by the way this is one of our great tragedies today that all these kids in high school in order t- to make them from in order to keep them from, in order to keep them from falling into the pattern of Monica and Bill, Big Bill and Little Monica, so we, 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 we give the kids a sugar daddy. And I've heard lectures in high school: Yeah, Torah is beautiful, Torah is this, Torah. That's not Torah. Torah is hard. Torah is difficult. Torah demands sacrifice. Torah means not seven Torah means that you have to surrender your own, your own, your own uh, common sense, your own rationale, your own, as the Reb would say, the mercantile marketplace way that you will deal with life, the mercantile logic it all surrenders to Torah. But when you teach a kid, Torah is beautiful, it's a lollipop, Shabbos is beautiful, the white tablecloth, the beautiful candles, the, the Zmirat, when you give a kid that, that that impression of Torah and there's no sacrifice and no surrender. So, of course, later on, the young person grows up, uh, a dark conference, reformed, conservative, Pluralism, Ra'kafitz, a fanatic. My own student here in Israel, b- b- big, big shot, he's in every newspaper today. I love him, I, I, I freedom of choice. But at the lovely conference, Michael Melkia said, Oh, yes, Rabbi Ra'kafitz, my my Rebbe, my wife's Rebbe. But, oh, but when he comes there, he's a fanatic. He's a fanatic. You understand? No surrender. Imagine polar Jews wind up demonstrating with the purple flags I saw with my own eyes. Under the purple flags, students of Alon Shvut, Talmidim of Alon Shvut, demonstrating with the purple flag. Understand? Torah is surrender, Torah's Moshe Rabbeinu. It's not common sense. Common sense? Who's a Jew after the Holocaust? What do we need it for? Six million Jews killed, like the Rev used to say. Who wanted to give their child the Brit Miller after the Holocaust? Mary Albright. That's common sense. That's exactly. the alt right, that's exactly. The Rebbe didn't know medi or that's exactly his example. That's common sense. Torah Jews, what's happening here? Israel, sacrifice, rebuilding against every odd, And even the Hasidic world, if they choose, they you got to give them credit. They don't go to college, don't go to university. They, they limit their, their earning abilities. I don't like it. I don't approve it. I don't think it's necessary, but I see there's sacrifice involved. All right. Uh, and then I said, so that's with the conservative movement and uh, and and the feminist movement. And that's where the Rav gave the famous example of Chana, which, again, I'll use when I speak with the women on Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever it is Tuesday. You can't give a better example than that, that Chana, who taught us how to pray, cannot be counted for a million. That's exactly what it's all about. And finally, of course, uh, the other the other example... Uh, the whole and this is as real today as it was fifty uh, years ago, even a hundred years ago. Our machloket with the secular Zionist. The secular Zionists say, sfarim, We don't need the mitzvot. Mitzvot were necessary in Chutzlaretz to keep us Jewish. Here, willy-nilly, we're Jews. Boys fall fighting for Israel. They speak Hebrew. They go in Hebrew. We pay taxes in Hebrew. Tomorrow I have to go to the tax office and start the process of settling in them on last year's income. Those ganavim, those scoundrels, those chamsanim. But you got to live with it. No, I have to speak Hebrew. The form is in Hebrew. The girl is Jewish. I'm Jewish. What do you need mitzvot for? you understand? Common sense. Bialek, achara'am. See, I already know modern Hebrew. You guys know what I'm saying. Abi's looking at me like I'm speaking Chinese. But Ruria, who grew up here, understands me very well. But what do you need mitzvah for? And our ancestor be with the Talit, Kulot Chaylet, with the Bayat, Malishvarim, you're still obligated. And I, I can elaborate, but I can't. Now, let's go further. Let's finish up this year. Now you, now you have beautiful, beautiful Torah you'll be able to use time and again. And the Rub said, "Now we understand something else." Jack, give me, give me a little bit more uh, power on the on the on the output here. Dan- uh, D- D- Danny Yalkut, we need your help. You have friends in Alonshvut. Yes. Do me a favor. Right after class, speak with Jack. We need a favor. Okay. Don't budge without talking with Jack. We want the Barons Svarim. We're trying to buy them. Jack, I gave Jack money um, two months ago already, and the guy selling them evidently disappeared, or we don't know. Uh, Rabbarans 2 Svarim on, on and, yeah, Kodshim and Taret, exactly. That you said is written like Marav, you understand? What well, we're talking about here, Matin Hebrew. Except that's Talachet Khul of with the Tzitzit on it. Tzitzit Okay. And then the Rav, and now we're going further. And the Rub the rav, the rav said something further. And the Reb said, this is a meritic Vod. By the way, I think that this Vod is also from Rav Shem here. I mean, the rub said independently, he didn't know a But I think I saw the same Vod by a And the rub said, this will explain something else to us. Did you ever wonder, I mean, when all is said and done, the most important Chag for us has to be Chag Zaman Matan Torah Tenu. So take a look in the Torah. When do you celebrate Pesach? It's written. When do you celebrate Sukkot? It's written the one Chag that that you don't know the time for that's not written in the Torah is Shavuot. And when it comes to Shavuot, who is Kovey when Shavuot is? The Chachamim. There's a whole machloket in the Gemara, Shabbat, peivava Midbet, Tonurah, rabbanon Bishishi, Bichodesh, Nitnum, Aserat HaDebel, Yisrael. Reb Yoseyime, Bishivaban, there's a whole machloket, how many days was the, the Prisha, did Moshe Rabbeinu wear the day? Didn't he wear today? day? And there's a whole much like it in the Gemara until the Gemara finally decides when Shvuot is. What do we see from there? That Chag Matan Torah Tenu is the Chag of Limechat Torah. Liman HaTorah is not just Kriya, it's perception. It's, it's not just perception, it's comprehension. It's rabbis, it's Lasotbud <laughs> the Torah, it's Talmud and Rebbe. It's the whole secret of Torah Shabbat And that's why Kadesh Baruchu left it to the Chachamim to be Koveya when's Matman Matan Torah God didn't tell us the date. This date you have to get from the Oske Torah, from the Malam Dei Torah. From those that carry the heritage, midoladar, And then the Rav says something else, beautiful, and this will explain something else. All the other Chagim, you have built in mitzvot hayom. Pesach, I don't have to tell you, uh, David Miller, uh, yesterday I called his home, he just came back, he had baked matzah, we're ready, Baruch Hashem, Pesach is around the corner. Uh, matzah, Mora, Cotton Pesach, whatever you have. What we have today, Dalit Kosar or Rides or Rides of the Rabbanon, Sukkah, lulav, etrog, Sukkah. I don't have to tell you what's involved. You come to Chag There's basically no ritual, but there is really a ritual. The only ritual possible. The Magen Avram, Taf Tzadi Dalid, Sifkat Nalef, Ita BeZohar, Shechasidem Harishonim Bo. Naorim kol You see? Chlal Yisrael developed the most important ritual of all for ha'kashvuot. What is ha'kashvuot? Zman matan torateinu. What is man matan torateinu? Lim betorah. Ishik betorah. Sacrifice for Torah, Learning Torah. Shimish tamid Chachamim. And this became the greatest expression of Zman Matan Torah The Klal Yisrael developed the most unique way to celebrate it, and in retrospect, the only way to celebrate it—to devote the majority of the day and night—lima Torah Zman Matan Torah Yes, yes, Danny. What was, was the Rav knowing this day actually Uh I can't answer. I never. I never was with the Rav in Boston. But I, I can only say the following: I'm sure when he was younger, it seemed to me, he, or he absolutely stayed up sure night. It doesn't make sense otherwise. In his older years, I haven't stayed up sure night already. Uh, ask me about myself. I mean, uh, I know my, what I—I I haven't stayed up in years. I can't stay up the whole night. It's impossible for me. But I'd only get sick. I have to. About my health. But certainly in his young years, i can going to tell you about the Rav, the stories of his kolil in Boston. I mean, this I know from eyewitnesses. I yet know many of the Talmidim. Some, many are alive yet. It's not ancient history. But they tell about the Rav in 39 and 40, and when he had the kolil in Boston, which was a very fascinating chapter in the history of Torah in America, which is a forgotten little chapter. And, and Rev Fincher Scheinberg studied there, of Shmuel Scheinberg, the Tshayt brothers. He attracted this whole Chafetz Chaim crowd Plus the Europayishists, Rabbi Shurin, Rabbi Yisrael Shurin, Rav, Rav Binyamin Bach, Sichrona of Baltimore, these were all tremendous lamdanim. So, so they used to tell me about the Rav, that suddenly four o'clock in the morning, he'd be banging on the doors of the dormitory, he figured out a difficult Rambam, and he'd start, he said, he couldn't wait till the morning, four o'clock he woke them up and started talking and learning saying Shia until the time to Davin Shachar so you ask about the Rav and those yes this is the Rav the Rav was uh, you understand uh, time played no role exactly like uh, exactly like Brist in Brist they say there were no clocks there were no clocks no one knew what time it was they were just sitting with the Prime, sitting with vovel. you learned around the day learned around the night as you know very well it's a miracle they remembered to daven. you understand and Rabbarin, unfortunately has now publicized and I now found in two places Rabbi Lichtenstein is now publicized. Uh, one place, as I showed you in Shunna at the start of the year, and I take a look, I reread Dov and Aye Frimmer's article because I want to cite it uh, when I speak next Tuesday, so I want to be sure I, 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 I read the article. After I read Meisman's article, I reread their article. I take a look in a footnote. There's Rabbi Lichtenstein once again, Dov Frimmer citing him that the Rev was in Makhbid on, on Tvlebet Seabor until at least when the was took ill, 1963, until then he was in Makpid. Uh, learning was more important. Understand, there it is in writing for all the Jewish observer, but they're so stupid in Jewish observer, they don't even want to pick up, you understand? They have to be a in order to find it, to read a footnote, to understand it, to digest it, put it into context. But all right, Rebaran now twice, I, uh, if, uh, he publicized that it's finished. The, the secrets are out the door. But... That was brisk. It was Kulo, Kulo, Torah. Kulo, Torah. It, I, 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 Rabbi Ruchim Geralek once said to me, Rabbi Renayich Bonstein, do I need a better example? They remember Rabbi Velva. I remember Rabbi saying, there was, there, it's Nishkeven HaZegem, I mean, uncle Onkel Kuknev You know, American kids, I, I can still remember Jerry Blau. I remember like yesterday, of course, he won't remember. I have this curse, that I have this memory for Narishkaite. Anything I learned, if I would remember what I learned, don't remember a word. But the Narishkaite, I remember everything. I remember we were davening with the Mashkiach, Rabbi Yaakov Meshach, Koine Lessons, Eichathonical Vracha, and I remember Jerry Blau looked at his watch. We had to go to class, it was Minchapan, we had to run up to the college, he looked at his watch in the middle of davening. That Thursday at the Musa Club, the Mashkiach if you looked at your watch, how did you daven? What kind of davening? And he in a nice way, he washed the floor with Jerry. And I never forgot that. I'll never look at my watch. Not during Shmon Esrei. Forget it. God forbid. Maybe during Tachlund. You gotta look at your watch. But, but not, God forbid, chas v'chalilah. I remember like yesterday, in the mashkiach, his opman Shuldakin, you know, he didn't want to embarrass him in public, but he wanted to make the point. How could a Judahven, looking at his watch? But we had to go up to college. Where? were, why are you slaves? In the morning here, in the afternoon there, we were slaves to our masters, to our teachers, to our professors. We didn't, lo shalatnu bi'atzmeinu. That's the truth. So, so that was brisk. That was the rough. So he stayed up. I mean, I, I, I never was in Boston, but I'm positive he stayed up all night. Later years, I'm positive he didn't You understand. There's a physical reality as you grow older. Oh, I have it about the column in Boston, but uh, sure, I have it in the book. I, I, there's not much... No, I wrote, look in Bernard Revel. Bernard Revel, I have much more. I, I cite Bernard Revel. I have, I have two, two, two full pages there. But the column in Boston is very simple. I can tell it to you in parentheses. i It's very simple. Very simple. The rub wound up in Boston. The rub was brought to America to go to Chicago. What Chicago would have become had the Rev gone there, you, you shiver, you shake. Why you wouldn't be on the map today? You understand? Who would go to Washington Heights to study? The Rev, like, did else to uh, Danny, please. You're talking Chicago 1960. I'm talking Chicago 1932. Chicago Take my word for it. In 1932, the Rev would have come to Chicago. He would have destroyed them, not vice versa. You're dealing with that. Look at the look of Chaim Soloveitchik, picture of Chaim Soloveitchik going to Chicago. You understand? I'd like to see. They start up with the Chaim would take all of Chicago, knock their heads together, grind them together, and throw them into the river and the police would have to dig out the bodies and Chaim would be laughing all the way back to Brisk. You understand? That was the rub, 1932. It's an absolute fact. So the rub wound up in Boston by chance. Chicago was the, You read my book. You get the details. The rub wound up in Boston. And the Rav himself said this. I have the Rav talking about this in the book as well. But I know from I know from those close to Reb Moshe, those who know well, Reb Moshe was plotting. Why? He saw his great son becoming an American rub. What was the Rev involved with? The rabbinate, Agudas Harabanim, the great Reb of Silver, the Kashrut problems. Reb Moshe was dying. Here he raised a son that was a Gadol <laughs> Sheba He lost that on the chief rabbit of Tel Aviv. Now already he's an American. He's acclimated to Boston. I have the rough talking about it. That's my first years. I was all the one there. But now by 1940, he's 39. He knows already he's, he's no longer a greenhorn. He speaks English already. You got to remember what happened. Seven years already in America with the rubs going to he He's already a Brahmin. He's a New Englander. He's on the way to becoming a New Englander. And Rav Moshe was dying. And then he saw the European Shura starting to come into America, running away from Hitler. And he came up with the idea, let's open a kollel in Boston. My son should be able to amount to something. Of course, you only... Gentlemen, the difference between me and you is very simple. You think that when Chazal says something, you can reinterpret it. And I tell you, every word in Chazal is absolutely true. And there's a simple Gemara in of Tavsayin, Omer Aleph, Me talmidayotemikulam. If you don't have students, you amount to nothing. Students sharpen you, students challenge you, students develop you. They smack your face occasionally, it's the privilege of a student. Because students are arrogant, they have the rough saying that too. Students don't have their inheritance. they lack it, they think they can, no, they're bright, they make chupi, they can step over everyone. It's part of being young. It can't be helped. At your age, I also had it, unfortunately. So, students developed a Rebbe. Rabbi Moshe then went to Rabbi Revel, and he worked out with Rabbi Revel, will open a branch of the yeshiva in Boston, a koilel. Rabbi Revel, of course, agreed, and if it was an official branch of the yeshiva, Akolil, in Boston, and who knows what would have happened there, if not for the fact that Rabbi Revel and Rabbi Moshe died a month apart, everything everything changed in 41. Now, I must say that the Rav gave over the kollel to Rabbi Michel Feinstein, his his uh, n- nephew by marriage afterwards, his cousin uh, through birth. Uh, you understand? But under Rabbi Michel it it didn't it didn't succeed. When all was said and done, within a year or two, Reb Michel went back to New York to join Rabbi Moshe at MTJ. And the kollel in Boston was forgotten. Whether it was the war years, travel, difficulty, Rev Michel wasn't the right person, the students were looking for an American eye to Americanize at that time, it was a different world. Professor Littman taught them English at the Kolil, they wanted to become Americans. Maybe already by '42, there were no longer students coming in from Europe, Europe was finished. Whatever the reasons were, Rav Mich- but Rev Michel Feinstein and the Rav were very, very close. When I came in Aliyah, I went to see Rev Michel Feinstein. Heshul Shechter visited Israel the first time he went to see Rav Michal Feinstein. We knew that Rev Michal and Rav Michal were very open-minded, broad. I mean, a different Rav Michal than the opinion you get of him in, in Haredi circles, perhaps, or, or literature circles, I should say. Okay, by the way, back here. Rav Michal's life has been a tragedy. I, I, with this the <laughs> God have mercy on us. That's all. And you need, you need muscle to have a proper rebbe. You need muscle to have a proper yeshiva. You need muscle to find a proper wife. You need muscle to raise children properly. It's all muscle. All muscle. You put in a lot of effort, but uh, without muscle, I call to leave a muscle as Okay. And then the Reb said something else so beautifully. If we've established already that shrewas is the chag of matan Torah and shrewas is determined by the Rabbanim and all you can do on Shavuos to have a of Shavuos is to learn Torah then i will understand something else. Why is it that before Shavuos you have a seven-week count? Let's look at it logically. Shavuos is, is the Pesach what Shmini is the Sukkos. Can anyone prove that I'm right? How, do, how can I say this? No one entire Sefer was written on this. Atzeret, exactly. What's the word we use for how do how do Chazal refer to Shavuos? They call it Atzeret. The Gemara in Menachav, Aleph, where 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 the whole machloket between the Biyochen and Ben Zakkai and the Beitusim and the Karayim, the conservative Jews at that time, Usvat Lachemi Lachemim Shabbat, and the Karayim said the Beitusim said that when do you celebrate Shavuos? It must be the day after Shabbos and. And, and finally they had a big machloket, and, and they finally, Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakai won out. And what did they call it? Shabbat Totsim Omrim, Atzeret, Acha HaShabbat. Atzeret, the word for Shvuot. Atzeret. We'll come back to it in a minute, 68b, Psachem. HaKomodimbi Atzeret, Tabiran Amilechem. Togemeret calls Shvuot Atzeret. Why do you call it Atzeret? Because it completes Pesach. What is Shmini Atzeres? The completion of sukkahs. What is Shavuot? What is Shavuot? Shavuot? How how does it interlock with Pesach? It's very simple. Pesach begins physical freedom and Shavuot is the culmination, spiritual freedom. And the Rebbe said so beautifully, this is why you have to count seven weeks. Physical freedom can be granted to you. We're all free. We're free. Some of us descend from the Afro-Americans. We were slaves. Our great-grandparents, I have students, what are you talking about? I have students who are black. Students who descend, became uh, converts, of course. I had students, Gedole Yisrael, both in the kolal. I want you to know, I had Afro-Americans in the Kollel and in Midrash Moriah. No, so their great-grandparents were slaves. Freedom was granted to them. Yes, physical freedom is granted to you. Any Jew can come in Aliyah and he gets citizenship in the state of Israel, physically free. He has a passport. He has a homeland. However, spiritual freedom, only you can gain on your, for yourself. You have to work at it. Seven weeks, you have to count. You have to prepare yourself. It can't be granted to you. No one can give it to you. Danny, You have to sweat. You have to learn. You have to be Meshamesh Gedoli Yisrael. La Torah, Kalif everything we're speaking about. And this is why you have to have the seven week count before Shvuat that comes after Sukkot. that's a different concept. You don't have to work at it. Physical freedom, no count is necessary. God gave us physical freedom. Spiritual greatness, Shabbat. And then the Reb said something else. This explains the Nautic This is the Gemara I quoted a minute. I'll now elaborate. Beautiful Gemara. Psachim Samichet Omidbet. Now you all know, it's a big Machloket in the Gemara, well-known Machloket. How do we celebrate Yantaf? Chetzil Hashem, Chetzil Hashem, Kudol Hashem. How do you celebrate Yantaf? How do you celebrate Yantaf? If a person came along and said on Pesach or Sukkot, I sat and learned all day. Is he a tzaddik? Isn't he? The machlok is in the Gemara? Could be. Pesach, Shvuot. You can sit and learn all day. Eat a minimum. Pesach sukkat, I mean, thank you. You can eat a minimum. Yivet sarak. But on Shvuot, there's no machloket. Hakomo dindi atzeret. Daba'inin nami lachem. And what's the Pshat? Pshat is very simple. Sukkot, Pesach, what are we celebrating? What God did for us. What God did for us. What did God do? Physical freedom. Anani Hakavod, Eretz Yisrael, Sukkot, the of Eretz Yisrael. God did it for us. Could be. You don't have to celebrate. You learn Torah, it's sufficient. Daven, learn, learn, eat a minimum. God did miracles, it's celebrating Yantafrapoli. Shvuas. God only did part of it. He gave us the Torah. We did the other half. We studied the Torah. We learned the Torah. We mastered the Torah. We created the Torah Shabbat. We created the tradition. We passed the Torah on. Since we work so hard, Hakom Maldim on Shvuis, that's our Chag, the Chag of the Talmud Chacham, the Hag of the Jew with Kedusha, Torah Torah Shabbat. You must celebrate it. There already chatzilachem You must eat. You must feast. You must drink. You must dance. You must be joyful. You must be happy. This is your chag. Special food. The Gemara describes a whole. You've learned the Gemara. A whole description. The greatest tanayim amarayim. The finest meat. The finest cuts of meat. But we spoke about yesterday the most beautiful cheesecakes. Remember our discussion on vegetarianism. That's the difference. Beautiful. Uh. And then, and then the Rav said something else. And then the Rav said something else. You know, when you think about this year, which we began two weeks ago, and you think about, uh, and I have to tell you, these vetlach now, and the the Nirmachanech, be able to use it a thousand times over. But watch what the Rev says now. And this he said in uh, Moria for the Balabatim. Maria, he said, you know, he used to say Chumash every week when he finished the Shia. He would always would say on the previous week. Not the coming week, but the previous week. Because he had thought it out over the weekend. Maybe it was part of what he said in Boston. But he already, always gave a what they say in Hebrew, a taktsir. He always gave a summary. He didn't speak too long on Chumash, maybe ten minutes. But sometimes in those ten minutes, he said, Vetlach, that were overwhelming. And he said something here. You see, look at all that's required of us. So much study. So much knowledge. So much surrender. So much harabanya. So much work. So much learning. And how do you know you can handle this? I was exposed. You talk about the Rav. You talk about Rav David Lifshitz. Nachbarnshneim. Yeruchun Gorelick to Moshki listen, Yisrael, you're a little kid, you're overwhelmed, who can achieve this? Who can reach this? Who can climb the mountain? Who can be successful? You're overwhelmed, you, you feel depressed. Second rate, what am I? I'm a Ramaz boy, I'm a Flatbush boy, I'm an MTA boy, I cursed like a sailor, I cursed like a sailor. You're overwhelmed. And the Rev said, I've used this so many times. The Rev said, take a look. What's the Pasha you always read before Chag HaShvuot? Pashat Vamidba. There is never a Chag unless Pashat Vamidba has been read before. What's Pashat v'amidbar about? The census. What does the census tell us? Every Jew counts. Every Jew is important. We waive nobody. We give up on nobody. Every Jew has a role to discharge. Every Jew is part of B'nai Yisrael. Every Jew is part of Klal Yisrael. The census is not complete. Imagine, we skip Marietta, Ohio. Cannot be. Cannot be. Census is not complete. The Jews in Marietta? It's unbelievable. A little town in Ohio Brought Torah to the United States. Did you ever think of that, Josh? Do you think what I'm saying? Forget about Art School. They don't know that before 45, there was already Torah in America. They believe it began in 45. Alright? Forget about Art School. It's lies, it's fibs, it's fabrications. But, well, no Jew to way. Marietta, Ohio, of all places in the world. That's where it begins. It's unbelievable. Everything we have today, everything was built on the shoulders of what was there before World War II, goes back to Marietta. No Jew. You know Ayur Midvah Midva? Gives you courage, strength. You counted, you're counted, you counting the omer, You're ready for Chakashvut. You're ready for Zman Matan Torateinu. You'll be able to rise, to go up, to achieve, to receive, to live, to inspire, to continue. Zman Matan Vamidba has to be read first. Every Jew, some more, some less. Greater depth, less depth. That's the old question. Who is greater? The shoemaker in Vilna? How many times did the Rev throw that out? Who had more sanctity? The shoemaker in Vilna or the Vilna And the Rev dealt with that problem very seriously. But one conclusion he always reached from the point of view of sanctity, the shoemaker could overtake the Vilna Every Jew can be inspired. Every Jew can reach. Every Jew can achieve. Don't be discouraged. Vamidba, the senses. You're now ready for Maimon HaSinai. And let me conclude. In And of course, Rashi cites the Torah Kahanim, the well-known question, what does it mean Bechokotai Teileichu? If you're already saying that mitzvot what more do you need? If you fulfill all the mitzvot, then what role in b'chukotai telechu? What does that have to do? Why do you have to make that addition? It's redundant. At mitzvotai Imagine, it, you say to a kid, you should be zaycha at mitzvot What more do you have to say? And of course, the Torah says, b'chukotai telechu shei Amelim b'Torah. That's the way Rashi quotes it. The exact words of the Torah Kahanim. Malametsha mokom mitavveh sheiyu Yisrael amelim b'Torah. And what does it mean? What does it mean? That God wants us constantly, constantly, to be amelim b'Torah. How do you know? B'chokol teilechu amelim sacrifice. Learn, master. And the Reb said so beautifully, you know why? You observe, but it's static. It's done. It's finished. Did the mitzvah. You discharged the mitzvah. You're finished. We ate matzah last night. Seder. We kind the mitzvah. Finished. You took a lulav and etrog. All of you know, it's a big problem even to lift up the lulav and etrog. Because mine yu vey, Willy nilly, the minute you lift it up, you'd say the mitzvah. The big problem, you have to lift it up upside down. The humerus says Once you take it, you're finished. At that moment, once I took a little of an etrog, the rest of the day, that lulav and etrog are no more than, than a willow branch and palm trees or and a lemon. You understand? I can lift it a thousand times over. It's like lifting a lemon. Big deal. The next day, again, I can get a key of the Rabbanon the first day. there you have a key but the, the, right? the one's finished you lifted it you're Yodzei it's like Matzah but learning Torah is ongoing it's constant you're always moving you're always going forward and Lehefeth when a person is walking to a goal the worst thing he can do is to stop the minute you stop you've gone you've gone backwards You've lost your momentum, and this is what it means. But Chacham Taitai Lechu, when it comes to Torah Shabbat Per, Amelut B'Torah, La'Soch B'Torah, Dibok Chaverim, Dibok Rabbanim, the whole configuration, Torah the self kedusha, the Tashmish kedusha, that's ongoing. It never ceases. And Ein Haqinami, in Bechokotai Te Lechu, Viet Mitzvah Saiti Chazal so right. Two different concepts. Shmerit Mitzvah is the first level, but a much higher level. Hamakom mitavah, the exact words of the Torah Kahanim, She Yiyu B'nai Yisrael, A'melim B'Torah. And Dara Me that is the Isik B'Torah, that is the Torah Shabbat that is the secret of the Jew. That is the secret of our survival, the secret of our sanctity. It is the secret of the talmud Rebbe relationship, which is the heart of the uniqueness of what we believe as Torah Jews who took that Torah some 3,500 years ago at Mount Sinai and have brought that Torah to this moment alive and inflamed. <laughs> okay my apologies to Rebbe because as I said this was a she'er that Rebbe never gave but every word in the she'er basically was from the Rav except his humble student lowest of the lowly students that Rebbe taught put it all together gentlemen I'm about to go further I have a feeling that this we will not finish until after Pesach. However, this uh, doesn't go for nothing. Ask him the Megan, 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 Shavya. This is $20,000 ahead if you choose to remain. Jack, you have the IOU list. Write it down. Whoever's here, are included, please. Ah. I wasn't born with a sense of humor, my dear students, but I developed it to survive the vicissitudes of life. From oh, the v'chukotay te'lechur, what I have seen in life, the oh, harik, my own haverim. Who would ever dream, David Hartman, when I came into the yeshiva, David Hartman. Oh, I still remember when the Chazonish died, 1953, how he came into the Beit Medrash, ripped Kriya, sat down on the floor. And David Hartman said something. You listened. He was a muscle man. You didn't play games with David Hartman. Aaron Lichtenstein was taller, but Aaron Lichtenstein was the babe. He was a, a docile... I don't think Aaron ever lifted a hand up in his life to anyone. But Hartman... you, you, you. And who would ever dream that next Monday the, the U.S. truly will deal with Hartman publicly? And as I explained to... The Danny, believe me, the first time in front of five, seven hundred, nine thousand, two thousand, how many people will be there. The tapes go all over the world. They reach out by land, reach out by hurt. And I explained to Danny, do you think I am stupid enough that in front of eight hundred kids that don't know how to tie their shoelaces that I'm going to make a whole shear around Vivi Hartman? You think I'm an idiot? But I explained to Danny, the shear is on three levels. The basic level is for every kid there, get a beautiful message, I hope. Inspire him a little. Turn them on a little, add to the flames. On a higher level, if you know the rub, you'll be going crazy with joy, because I'm going on. And then I gotta pay my, I don't get paid for the Shiram. I don't get paid for, I don't get paid. Forget it. I'm an idiot. Teach for YU. You gotta be a half-baked idiot to teach for YU and to teach for them in Israel yet. Forget it. Reb David Miller. Don't ask me. But I have to pay myself for the Shia. So for three minutes, I'll digress. And I'll take David and grind him. And believe me, it'll get back to his ears. Let him know the other them are watching. Let's see how he'll defend himself. Let the debate continue. But the kids won't even know what's going on. I'll mention David Hartman. i to be talking about Suji Matuti, a great Chinese philosopher who explained why Meir Sidung conquered the world except that Madonna stopped him. Okay. So, please, the sheer is the sheer. But I gotta pay myself for the share a few minutes. The same thing. On Tuesday, I'm dealing with, with Meiselman. Ugh, am I boiling? And the more I, I re-read it again, I'm, 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 i I'm And then, at the OU, I'm dealing with my friend Steve Riskin. You understand? Each, uh, I'm giving a talk on, a very simple talk on Torah and democracy understand I'm going to try to solve the problems that no one has been able to solve yet they think that rotten vicious malicious, offendedd deprav deranged the surreptitious malevolent no good bumming dog now I' rock cafe he can solve the problems we'll try gentlemen let's go further and lady okay now what I've done here uh, and I did this in the 70s the share I'm about to give I already put together in the 1970s. It was among the most inspiring she'urim I ever heard from the Rav. It's overwhelming. Part of it over the years has surfaced now in print, although I have to say it was surfaced, uh, the, the Hebrew, I don't want to mention where, what, because I'm not, it, it doesn't do justice to the Rav. We still await the publication of the manuscripts properly. Now, the source from these two shayurim are from the Agadic divisions of the Yotzayt Shiram and memory of Rav Again, I stress to you, when the Rub was in his prime, in the 50s, into the 60s, the Yotzayt Shia divided in half. The first two and a quarter hours, first two hours, were the halacha, the brisk, the Velushim. The next two hours were the Agada, the philosophy. Later when the Rav aged and all his aggravation in Sarat, by the mid sixties already, the Halacha and the Agada blended into one. He could no longer give a Shia for five hours running. Imagine to sit at one table five hours a high-powered shear, and he got more powerful and more powerful. Am I describing it correctly? As he went on, when he, I remember one year it was snowing. We walked out. We came in. It was clear, beautiful weather, 8 o'clock. We walked out, 12.30 at night. Everyone remembers this. There was two foot of snow on the ground. No one even knew there was snow. Yeah, of course, of course. Yes, yes, that was, we, we talk about that, that, I think I have that in my book as well. That was simply a teaching, he had many points of exit. And he wanted to know whether the audience was still with him, and Mare, and you heard 3,000 voices pleading, 12 midnight Rebbe continue. And the Agada at times, again, at, at a, as a kid, I didn't have the philosophical, theological sophistication to totally appreciate it. But already by the 60s, these two are out of the 60s. By then, already I understood the Rav. Oh, anyway, the first year is the year I got smicha, January 19th, 1961. The second year was January 16th, 1964. Now, I put together the heart of the yotz uh, of the Agada, and you'll see it becomes a chay hanosei it It's 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 one beautiful piece. Now again, this can be broken up. You have no idea how much use you can have out of this. And some of the Torah, like when we begin the first part of the shir, the Rav said many times. In other words, this was, there were certain certain machsaba uh, concepts that, that were axiomatic to the Rav. He repeated them over the years a hundred times. You heard it in this context. That context was axiomatic. Some of it was only chadpameh. But you have here so many subdivisions, so many points of exit, so much Torah, so much inspiration to be conveyed. Okay, and, and you'll use that. Rabbanim is teaching. I mean, the first part, I don't have to tell you, it's, it's, it's just the human being. Now, the first part of the year becomes very relevant if you look at the date again. What date did I tell you? 1961, January. This is when the rav first begins to feel a little better after his very serious cancer operation in 1960. You understand what I'm saying? You have to put this into context. If you don't put it into context, you cannot appreciate what the Rev is talking about here. This is as he starts to feel better. And remember, we're talking about a very serious operation with the standards and knowledge of medicine, circa 1960. So, you know... Know where we're at. Why is tzitzit so important? It's tzitzit. The importance is, of course, the p'til t'chelet. Val midbat t'etvav p'sukim la'metchet la'metet unatnu al tzitzit ha'kanav p'til t'chelet v'ayelichem n'tzitzit uri'item o'to z'achatem et kol mitzvot ha'shem v'asitem o'tam. What does it mean? Through the t'chelet. You have to look at the t'chelet. You see all the mitzvot. What does Tcheilat mean? What is Tcheilat? Why is Tcheilat so important? What is the message that Tcheilat teaches us? And the Rav quoted Rashi. Rashi quotes Rabbi Moshe Hadashin. Petil <speaking> al Alshein shikul b'chorot Tirgumoshe shikul t'chla Umakatan hayta b'laila V'chein tseva ha-tcheilat Tome le tseva ha erev And of course, according to Rashi's Pshat, there is no more depressing thought than Tchelet. What does Tchelet mean? Tichle. Shikul. Makot. Death. The black side of life. The horrendous part of life. The great human being filled with so much learning and knowledge and good deeds. And and look what happens to the human being, in a minute life ends. Sometimes years he suffers, degraded, denigrated. And and tichelat the very word reminds us. when was makapat chored at night, and what is night all about? Night, darkness, tichla, a dark color, blue, a dark blue, nighttime, loneliness of man, the fear of the night, Pachat belailah. We don't say kedusha at night. The Reb said a thousand times over because at night a man is not capable of saying kedusha. Kedusha is the morning, the sun, the daytime, the youth, beauty, life. You saw kedusha at night: darkness, tichla, death, pachad, fear, anxiety. But Batsali. what an explanation! Negative, depressing. However, the Ramban the Ramban learns exactly the opposite. Hazikaron I'm quoting the Ramban the famous Ramban and Chumash the Ramban here quotes the Gemara in Menachat the Ramban is based upon the Gemara in Menachat. I trust you know the Gemara. Menachat mem Gimala in Bet. We'll quote it in a second. But Hazikaron who bechut ha-tchelet she-ramay islamida ha-kollelet ha-kol she-hi-ba-kol v-i-tachlet ha-kol tchelet she ramay ha kol she ba kol vi tachlet <laughs> oh, what an explanation the exact opposite of Rashi the ultimate beauty of creation. God's divine plan totality of creation the greatness of man the sea the heavens ultimately you stand go to the beach today go to the Hilton and Tel Aviv and walk out in the back and look at the Mediterranean the firmament, the Rakia the Yam blend into one. And that reminds you who created the Kisei are covered, and and that the Kisei are covered, the ultimate of creation, the beauty of creation, God, man, human being, wonders of nature. What an explanation! Rabu <laughs> Hashem What an explanation! What a difference between this explanation between the Ramban to the Rashi, night to day, literally and figuratively. Black to white, blue to white, dark blue to white, morning to joy, death to creation, despair to happiness, negativism to positivism, pessimism to optimism. What a difference. and the Rav said the truth of the matter is that both explanations are correct the human being his whole presence his physical spiritual presence his soul the white cords of the tzitzit and around him the cords of tzitzit both types of tzitzit The good and the bad. The ennobling and the depressing. And the man constantly wants to rise, wants to achieve the treleth of the Ramban. The beauty of the Ramban. The greatness of the Ramban. That's his goal. That's his desire. But he's only a man. He's only a human being. And he's constantly being pulled down by the vicissitudes of life, by the difficulties of life. He constantly has to struggle with the t'chelet of Rashi, with the t'chelet of Rabbi Moshe Adashin, with the t'chelet of Tichla. He constantly runs the risk of falling into the mamakam either through his sins or through illness, chas v'chalila. The vicissitudes of life constantly pulling at man. And that's the struggle. Both pshatim are corrected. The human being is Lavan, Chotei Lavan. And the human being wants to climb and achieve the beauty of Shlamat Kolalut HaKol, the beauty of the Kisei Akavat, the beauty of the Rekiah, the beauty of, Sh- of the Ramban's magnificent description based upon the Gemara and Menachot. And yet the maelstrom of life is constantly gnawing away at him, biting his foot, pulling him down. The sorrow, the size, the difficulty, the illness, the lure of the Western world. Both pshatim are correct. And then the Rav says, I, I, I don't believe there could be another Rebbe in the world that could talk like this. I mean, the Rav, is he? he couldn't hear from anyone else. I, I don't believe Rav Moshe, Rav or Rav Baran, the Rav Kotlin, this is the Rav now. It's unique to the Rav. And, and even in a Musa Shmuz, as much as Musa as you can get and give, listen to the Rav now. And he says, you know what the truth is? That a man cannot really climb and soar to the heights unless he's fallen to the abyss of despair. You can never achieve Shleimut unless you have suffered. The Rabb said, this is built in to the human geshichtah. You might want to call it the shikmazel of the human being, the frailty of the human being. We want to achieve, we saw, we wish to saw, but no one can reach the heights without having falling first and tasted of the tehillah, of the Tikhla of Rabbi Moshe Hadashin. And the rub said, it's an open pasuk. Micha perigzayin pasukchet. Al tis mechiyah yaftili kina faulty kanti ke Hashem or li. And the Yalkut Shimoni says on that pasuk. I'm quoting from the Yalkut Shimoni, pashet Ekev, number Tav Tav Nun Bet. The Yalkut Shimoni. It's, it's difficult to quote him at times because it's many, many quotes, but Pashut Ekev, tough the Yaakov quotes Chazal, quotes the Medish, and this is the human destiny. One cannot achieve greatness without suffering. One cannot achieve the light without tasting the darkness. You say to your enemies, don't rejoice over me because I've fallen at this moment, because I have fallen, I will rise, we will rise, we will achieve. The human being, unfortunately, must always experience the tichla before the Tchelet of Shlemot. You cannot appreciate, you cannot comprehend, you cannot achieve the Tchelet of Shlemot without the tichla. And the rab said, this is the Pshat in the Pasuk in Kohelet. Kohelet Gimel, Pasuk Chaf Aleph, Mi yodei aruch b'nei And you know how the Rav explained the Pasuk? When a person acts in life, when a person interacts with life, he has no guarantee that instead of soaring to the heights, he will fall to the depths of an animal-like existence. We have no guarantee. Life is filled with challenge. Life is filled with difficulty. And... A human being with all his desires, how do you know you're going to achieve Ruach Beneodam the Tchelet of the Ramban, or Chesfer Chalila, Ruach HaBehema, HaHeredity Lamatala Aretz, the Tchelet of Rashi, of Rabbi Moshe Idashan. And let me say just a few words that is true to basic thinking as human beings, Yahadot, the Rav, time and again. This is illness. You see, when the Rub describes death and the unbelievably talk he gave once on Pashtet, uh Chukat, I believe, Paschet Chukat, and, and once he dealt with it too, uh, dealing with the three weeks, uh, talked to the RCA in the late 60s, Pashit Chukat was the early 70s, but you see, what is death? Why, why, why is an onain? Whoever heard of a halacha, an onain, we paskin la halacha, it's about the bad we la an onain is enjoined from doing mitzvah enjoined. It's not that you can come along and say, when or, uh, 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 you're in, uh, you should never you shouldn't be owning him for, for, for Mashiach should come and he had pamet him. But when you're an owning, I, I let me think. If I had a dinner of an owning, my father died the uh, of course, I had a dinner of an owning uh, for a few hours. And Jack, you you had a dinner of an owning. You had a dinner of an owning. Um, how long? How long? Three hours. So I want to ask you a question. If we would come along and say, look, we want to daven. Wanna, I didn't have tefillin. I didn't have the problem because it was halamay. I want to put on tefillin. I didn't miss a day of tefillin. I didn't miss a day of tefillin all my life. A name is enjoined. He's not allowed to put on tefillin. Think what I'm telling you. A name wants a daven. You're not allowed to daven. You're not allowed to bench. It's unbelievable. All mitzvah say, you're enjoined. And the Rebbe raised, why? Why do we pass him like that? Then he quoted the he's passed with Yom Chaim, but the Rebbe explains so it beautifully. Mitzvah are a function of life. Joy. When a person dies, the human being turns into a mocking human being. He decries his own existence. He's now like an animal. What's an animal? You're driving a car. You bunk into a cat, a dog, a squirrel. It's a terrible feeling. When a human dies, he's not any different than that cat, than that dog, than that squirrel. At that moment, that's exactly the Pasukia. <speaking in Hebrew> when you're on the level of Behema, when you're on the level of Tichla, when you're on the level of Rabbi Moshe explanation of Tchelet. A human being lacks the human dignity to do mitzvah taseh. That's why he's enjoined. And if I can quote the Rav, that God, the Torah, took mercy on the doubting, suffering human being. God understood. On that level, when you feel you're a behemoth, you cannot do mitzvah taseh. Only after the kvura, only after the stima ha-golal, only after the very important Kaddish that we say, only at a sium or at a Kfura, only, you know what I'm talking about, the Kaddish HaRichter, the Kaddish of Gula, the Kaddish of Shvayim Yekata, only at that Kaddish when you start to realize, no, look, I'm not a Bahama, and we've suffered that, but we have an ecstological an ext- an ext- an ext- dream, we have faith, we have continuity, we have Tchiat we have Anachrit HaYamim, we have children who live on. The Jewish people live on. The message lives on. The ideal lives on. Only at that moment do you start to come back and start to rise from the behamer existence to once again be a human being. And at that moment of stima tagolel, of that kaddish, once again you become chayat and mitzvah Understand? That's the Rav's explanation. It was a meritic talk, a magnificent talk. Such insight. And that's exactly, exactly what he's saying here. Exactly the pshat. What does it mean? You're a, how do you know you'll be a human, you'll be a behema? But that's life. When you're soaring, the whole world is smiling at you. It's a what a lovely morning. How do those songs go? Fabulous, and and everything is great, and everyone is smiling. Oh, what a morning! Everything is going your way. That's when you're the treilet of Ramban. But in order to achieve it, you have to first suffer the tikhla. You can't appreciate it. Im <inaudible> Tremendous insight. I don't have to tell you. It's a reflection of the rub He actually talks about it later. But I might as well mention it now. The Rav described, and we'll come to it later, but the Rav described, after his operation, he was so weak, And so depressed that he prayed to God that he should live just to be able to take his daughter Tova to Chapa. Aaron and Tova delayed their marriage. They were supposed to be married literally at the time that the Rev had the operation. And they delayed the marriage. Everything was delayed, obviously. And the Rev described that was his only wish in life to be able to take Tova to Chapa. And then he described as he got stronger and stronger and stronger his desires went way beyond that. He should be able to come back to the classroom and to continue teaching and to continue being Mahadesh and to soar and to soar and to soar. But his whole personality becomes different because when you've experienced the tichla of destruction of desolation then now that you're coming back again to the tichlet of shlemot but you can appreciate it all the more, and you mellow. You follow me? Those that knew the rub—I mean, people in Boston, with the Junos in Boston—so I played dumb, like I really didn't know the rub that well, because I never lived in Boston. But I was listening to their descriptions of the rub. People knew him intimately, and it was fascinating because they were not—they were telling me anything I didn't know. But it was fascinating to hear that they were describing the rub and understanding the rub, with the exact conclusions that I had reached from our relationship with Rebbe but also from my research about Rebbe and when they talk in Boston about the Rub's mellowing it all begins with the operation and there's no two ways about it that when you are on the brink of despair the tichla of Rebbe Moshe so the tichelet of Ramban becomes all the more meaningful and you're all the more generous and benevolent that's the human being and let me go one step further. I'm pressing time here. There's not much more. Let me go one step further. And here the rub begins. We'll finish this up next time we meet. This is a famous piece that's been quoted and requoted. Again, you know, I I, I wonder, I wonder if someone through all the for svarim. If you wouldn't find sources for the Rav, it could be that he was quoting from other Darshan, of course, the Darshan he was overwhelming, and it could be that he, that, that he had Mukarat. It would be interesting to work out the famous Polish Jews that the Rav, uh, the Mayim, the Medeshvah Hamas, it would be interesting to see how they treat this. But uh, the, the, the Rav asked a beautiful question. Zain, We all know the Pasha of the eight Sadat. So look what happens, man ate of the tree of knowledge. And now, for the first time, we have designer clothes. They turn around and they design clothes, they put on clothes take fig leaves, make beautiful belts, bikinis, and put it on. But then it's amazing. God starts calling out to man, Ayeka, and man suddenly turns to God, And man suddenly turns to God, What's happening here? They're wearing bikinis, they're wearing fig leaves. They got dressed. And here the man is saying, Takadish A I'm naked. And a moment later, Vayasa katnut God comes along and he makes beautiful clothes for them. Pakas. Large clothes. Shirts, pants, dresses out of leather. Now what's happening here? Why did God have to make all these clothes? They're wearing fig leaves. What's wrong? They've taken care of themselves. And how can man be so stupid? Here he's wearing clothes that he made a minute before. And here he turns to God. And he says, I'm naked. What is happening here? And the rub describes so beautifully. Look what's happening here. This is the classic description of sin. Man wants to eat of the tree of knowledge. Conquer all. Know all. Have everything. And then he suddenly realized something was wrong. He's naked. Something is troubling him. And he has to put on clothes. By the way, let me say in parentheses: Do you know why man realized he was naked? What's the pshat here? He was naked. What's pshat naked? Do you know the Ramban in the called You know what I'm talking about? I mean, there's a tremendous question here. What do you mean, eight of the Did they were naked? So what would you say? The implication is they found out about sex. What do you mean they found out about sex? They had sexual relations before. Doesn't the Medrash tell us that the Nachash saw Adam having sexual relations and he was jealous he coveted chava right or wrong? That's why he evoked this entire plan to kill Adam and get chava for his wife. The Nachash at this point is walking on two feet. He's practically human. No? So what does it mean? They found that they were naked. If they knew about sex before what's pshat? They found that they were naked. It's the Ramban in called HaKolish. You'll find it in the Ramban in too, but the Ramban in Igeret HaKolish is much more elaborate. the Ramban explains so beautifully until they ate of the tree of knowledge sex was a purely physiological, biological act it was like eating, drinking, sleeping there was no thrill to it it was not sex it was relations to have a child when they ate of the tree of knowledge suddenly they recognized they felt the mystique the pull Shmuli Batech spoke kosher sex you understand? Before they ate of the tree of knowledge, you couldn't have written a book like that. Cause sex, a biological, physiological function—it wasn't the pull, the mystique. Sex, eating, drinking, sleeping, sex, relations. Ah, now they ate of the tree of knowledge. Sex became sex. At that moment, for but then comes the amazing thing. How phony man can be when he starts to cover himself up. Look what he does. Fig leaves. Fig. What kind of coloring? Bermuda. What do they call it? Like they refer to the sun. Bikinis. Bermuda shorts. What kind of dress is this? People ask questions. Can you go mixed swimming? They went mixed swimming in Europe. You hear all the stories. I told you it before. What is Europe? A hundred years ago. They went to the, to the Schwitzbads. There were men, women. There was no separate swimming in Bad Hamburg. Believe me. But, uh, but people were fully dressed. Women wore house coats. You go to a beach today, the women are walking around naked. The monkeys are wearing more clothes than, than the women at the beach. You go to a lot, that certainly the monkeys wear more clothes. So, so, so Vayedu came that he, you see, man trying to fool himself. Man trying to grab in the world. Man freaking going to eat of the tree of knowledge and even if he ate of the tree of knowledge he still ah oh, this is clothes this is fine this is good enough I'm modestly dressed this is human dignity I can walk around this way and then when God turned to him and put him against the wall the human being broke down and said you're right I'm naked and God had mercy on him and made him proper clothes and the Rub said so beautifully, our greatest problem in sin is not the sin itself. That human beings sin, that human beings fall into tichla, that human beings fall into despair, that human beings can go off the path of human dignity. This is part of the human story, part of the human gestalt, part of the human geschichte. Sin is not that bad. What's worse than sin is what happened to Adam HaRishon. The justification. The world we build around it. In that world already, we're clothed. We're wearing clothes. We're clothed. It's a bikini. It's beautiful. It's good. It's fine. This is maras. This is our lifestyle. This is the human being. One can't be a fanatic. This is the Western world. We have to join with it. We have to make our compromises. It's the entire gesh. The that we build around the sin, and that's worse than the sin itself. And let me end off. The Reb said a meritikvar here. What do we say on the sliches on Yom Kippur? Or also, in sliches during the year, on sliches in a certain mitzvah, but on sliches, one of the focal points of Yom Kippur, Alnatashet alenu chatot, Ashen oalnu vaashechatano. We say Hakadosh Baruch Hu, don't hold us responsible, please forgive us for the sins we did and for the fact that we acted foolishly. And the Rebbe asked a very simple question, what do you mean acted foolishly? You're listing out one of the sins. What do you have to list out one of the sins, and if you start listing out one of the sins, List out the whole list. I suffer every day. I dab in mincha. I dab in here. I dab in the shniblach. I dab in here with the svadi minion. When I grew up, who's toot mincha? Mincha was Ashway, Yoshway, Shmon, Eshway, Khatsi Shalain, and Hundi, you Ever said tachlin? And now they're getting even with me. Wherever I daven I after that I say tachlin. On all the sins we they're getting even with me. For all the years I was in Yeshiva and got away with it like a mensch. I run up today. Today it's not a problem. But otherwise I run to Boston, thank God. It's the only place in the city where if you say Tachnuk mincha they shoot you, no questions asked. You have a sort of signs in Boston. Anyone dabbling for the Yamid, a hat, a gatl, and no tahnun at mincha. Death penalty enforced by the PLO. So list out all the sins. Hashem no alnu, List out everything else we did. Avinu, Pashanu, Chapanu, Zilzul Horim, Morim, Zilzul rabbanu. We came late to Shia. Whatever it is, list it all out. Got a whole list. And the rough said so beautifully, No, 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 no. Hashem no alnu is not one of the sins it's the heart of sin, the cause of sin. You can only sin because you act foolishly. You can only sin because you act out of folly. How did Chazal put it? You can only sin when you build this world of justification, when you build this world of lies, when you build this world of rationalization. No person wants to admit he's a sinner. But when you build that world around you, then, And this is why, Adam HaRishon, first there was the foolishness. From the foolishness, he built the world of sin. And then when HaKadosh Baruch Hu, before HaKadosh Baruch Hu came, when he faced, felt, sex is sex so at that moment the foolishness continued sex is sex put on a bikini put on a miniskirt put on immodest modest clothing walk around like a monkey wear only humans What's there to be ashamed of biological all the all the beautiful words of justification and only when he finally fell into the depths of Tichla and he ripped away the justification he ripped away the Nihila and he was moidala kaddish baruchu that this is foolishness, that I'm now in total tichla, total rashi rabbi, rabbeinu, Moshe Hadashen, total tichla shikul, makat the blackness of dark blue, only at that moment could the tshuva process begin. And that's why no human being can achieve heights, can appreciate heights, can soar. First we have to go through the process of tichla, of getting rid of the falseness, of getting rid of the worlds of folly, the worlds of rationalization, only then can we rise and only then can we appreciate the tchelet of shlemet of the Ramban. With the worth 20 grand, what you just heard today, gentlemen, what you're going to hear next time and the time afterwards, Avi, you always bring your grandfather, I'm going to pay him after class. Uh, uh, What you're going to hear... It's unbelievable what the rub was capable of. This was just a far spice. The rest, you're going, you're going to go crazy. It's the biggest bargain you had since Macy's was giving it away at a penny a garment. Uh, young people, I want to remind you, next week, next week, there's no shayurim in the kolel by Aaron Rakefet. Of course, I'm, I'm giving two public shayurim for YU, you and I simply, I have limited energies and I have a lot of, pressure on me with uh, I'm getting back part of the index today I have to stop proofreading. It's not so simple. I'll be lucky if I'll be Yodzei, have time to be Megillah Ampuram You understand I shall know know. Adalo Yada say that just like the Ramah says, just like my Rebbe did, just like Tosfet says, I'll take a little a sudden comfort and I'll go to sleep two minutes later. And believe me, it'll be Adelo Yada whether I'm dealing with the place index or the name index. So I just want to caution you. Danny, one second. Let's see if I have all the in that. One second. I'll just review in a second. Cancel classes. I did that. Uh, Danny, you, you have to speak with Jack. And uh, Ephraim, I have to hit over the head, but I don't have time to do it today. Uh, I caught him at Asher Alnu, and that leads to the Asher but we'll leave that for next time we meet. Now, we meet in two weeks' time. We meet in two weeks' time, and then we'll see with Pesach, because I have a feeling that may be the last meeting before Pesach, because then we go into Chodesh Nisan, and uh, I've got to find out where you are. Okay, now what did we do today? We finished out Shuvuz, we went Shlav, Shlav, uh, why there's no symbol, why why ha-Torah becomes the Chag of why there's fear before Shavuos, why the, the Chachamen had a determined Shavuos, why no one in the world will say on Shavuos it can be Kula laShem? it must be Chetzil ha laShem. what the word Atzeret means, we went into Vamidba, Im Bechukotai Telechul, Ameilim Bet-Torah, beautiful. Then we shifted gears, and we went back to the... Yodzait Shiram of 1961 and 1964, I believe it was. And we started one simple matter. We dealt with the two concepts of Tchelet. And we dealt with the Rav's own life at that moment in time because this Agada is reflective of the Rav. And then from there, we went into a little Dashanur on Adam V'chava with the Aleta Eina. But as I said, the best is yet to come. Jack, let us switch gears. Start page 4.